Okay, Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We thank you for bringing into this place a spirit of understanding. Huh. That we would understand, we would comprehend, we would know what it is that you're trying to speak to us, what you're trying to show us, how you're trying to engage us in this season, in this community, in this era, and in this time. Wow, amen. All right, so for our second year interns, you've heard this message. <laughs> um, Todd's asked me to speak on a topic I love, which is weighing and testing the word of the Lord, the prophetic words, the things that are spoken. Um, and I have summarized for today a teaching that takes about five, four to five weeks in our second year class, which is an hour and a half um, class on weighing and testing. So I'm really skipping over the mountaintop, skipping along the top, just so that we can open up a permission for the body of Christ to understand her responsibility to weigh and test what they receive, right? As a prophetic community, as a community who loves the voice of the Lord, we need to know what it is to weigh and test what we hear, what we see, what we feel, what we encounter against the plumb line of the word of the Lord. We need to know how to weigh and test and discern what we hear in the word, in the world against the plumb line of the Lord. When we get red flags flying up left and centre, when we hear things and we continue to squash them down and we continue to ignore them, what we start to do is we start to harden our heart against our discerner. Well, that couldn't be so. And then on top of that, we get labelled conspiracy theorists or you get labeled as critical or but really what you're trying and there is a difference let me let me put this up front <laughs> there is a difference between pop, properly weighing and testing and just being a critic being critical is a spirit that has no intention of finding solution but just to be critical to discern and to judge has the intention to discover truth, right? There's an intent to pursue that which is true as opposed to just find wrong with everything and criticise. So there's a distinction there and I am not talking about being critical. When I talk about weighing and testing and assessing fruit, I'm not talking about going after a person and judging a person I'm talking about what you receive and how it is that you um, manage that and pull that into your life so it can actually bear fruit. Okay, just at, at the front of that. We believe in the voice of the Lord here. We believe in hearing the voice of the Lord for every area of our life. The prophetic is not for a church service alone. The prophetic is for every single area. It is for our family. It is for our income. It is for our investment. The, the word of the Lord, the prophetic, needs to infiltrate every single area of our life, which means that to know how to weigh and test something will be beneficial for every single thing that you're seeking the Lord about in your life. So it's critical that we need to learn how to do this. It is a critical, hang on. All right, before I go on, I just want 
to invite you I want to invite you to bring up all of the prophetic words that have been spoken over your life. You don't have to remember them all. You don't have to, but bring them up so that the Lord can speak on them. Those ones, there's so, there's, as I started to speak this, I can feel sorrow and hope deferred in the room. And I just want you to bring up all of the promises of the Lord, the things that you've lent on, the things that you've believed over the years that have not come to pass, that have not manifested, and they've, they've caused a place of sorrow in your life. Bring them up so the Lord can speak over them and speak to them today. There, don't allow there to be a space or a word over your life that you've now hidden from the Lord. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that any grief in this room leave now. And I ask for the person of Jesus Christ to be present, the hope of the nations. to come and breathe upon every single word that you have spoken. Yeah. And I invite you also to bring up those things so that they can be weighed and tested today and that you would determine in your heart that you would be willing to release those things that are not the Lord. Because some of those things have kept you bound. Because some of those things have kept you anchored. And they were never intended to. And that was never the purpose. Some of them have, are gone seasons. And they've kept you bound in a place. And the Lord's asking right now this morning, will you put it all on the altar? Will you give it all to me and will you allow me to breathe upon anything that is me and give it weight and breathe away, blow away anything that is not me? All right. So as a community, we love the voice of the Lord. We lean into it, we seek it, we go after the voice of the Lord with intent. But of course, when you're in a community where we are learning the voice of the Lord, where we're, we're learning to tune in, to become fine-tuned, there are times where people get it wrong. Or people give something too much weight that shouldn't have been given a lot of weight. And as mature sons, when we receive something, we need to understand it is our responsibility to weigh and test what's spoken over us and what we're going to allow to come into our lives to direct our lives. Does that make sense? So how do we weigh and test? I'm glad you asked. See, when, when we're in a body like this and we love the word of the Lord and we love the voice of the Lord and we teach and encourage each person to develop an ear um, for the voice of the Lord, what happens is messiness. You know, it's much easier, I'm told, <laughs> to control everybody with this is the way it is and this is the answer for your life and you box everybody into conformity. Then if somebody steps out of conformity, well, it's very easy to just discard them, right? Well, no, no. But when you encourage a whole community of people to listen to the voice of the Lord, to be responsible for their own walk with the Lord, to get their own answers from the Lord, to tune their ear into the Lord, to get the prophetic word over themselves and over their family and over their businesses, nothing looks like conformity. 
It is messy, but it is beautiful, right? It is the tapestry and it is the voice of the Lord. It says the voice of the Lord is like many waters. That is not um, an, an ordered, perfect, that is, it's messy, it's raucous, it's beautiful. That is the voice of the Lord. And it is the same with the lives of his, his children as we listen to him. It's the color and it's the sound and it's the vibrancy and the differences, but in unity in him. Right, and so it looks messy and it's not easy to control. So yay, we don't have to. That's the responsibility of the Lord and us individually to weigh and test, to seek him, to sift, to give weight to different things that are spoken over our lives or to discard them. That is our responsibility. So how do we become comfortable with the messiness? We learn what it is to lean into the voice of the Lord. You learn how to lean into what is the character, what is the nature of the Lord. And you see it so uniquely within each individual, but it still looks like Him. It still sounds like Him. It's, it's pure, it's trustworthy, it's steadfast, it's constant. One of the most powerful gifts that the Lord has given to the entire body through his son is that we have the ability as the bride to hear the voice of the bridegroom. We get to hear him. We get to see him. We get to feel him. We get to manifest him on earth. It says, my sheep hear my voice. Not just the anointed prophet. My sheep hear my voice. We are all called to hear his voice. See, the realm of heaven is so much bigger. And this is the challenge, right? For us who hear his voice and then we've got to try to communicate his voice. So heaven is so big, so multidimensional, so colourful, it's so vibrant. It is beyond description. It is beyond the English language or any other language. It is beyond it. And so we have to fit this. When we see him, when, when we hear him, when we feel him, we have to fit that onto words. And we have to understand that when somebody is giving us a prophetic word or declaring a prophetic word or a prophetic song, they've taken this and they've put it on a word which does not come close to expressing what was seen, what was heard, what was felt, but it's the best that we have. And so we need to understand that when we receive something, we're receiving it in seed form. It really is that that's all that we can, can receive is, is the seed of what it was that was experienced. You've got John in Revelation, you know, the doors open and I see what's, what's like, like, like gold, but not gold, but like gold. It's, his hair's as white as wool. Like there's the whitest thing I can think of, but it, was, it shone like it was light. But how do you express that in, in English in a colour? So we have to understand that when we're receiving something, it is the seed of it. And when we actually allow that seed to grow within us, when we water it, when we look at it, when we meditate on it, we actually start to get the fullness of it. And we go, oh, white. Because the, it, the white landed in us that the language couldn't contain. But when we received, it, received the, the seed, the spirit of it, and it unpacks within us, we go, oh, gold. And his voice was like many waters, not, not the river torrents, <laughs> but many waters. Like, do you see what I'm saying? That there's, we, can, we receive the language, but when we meditate on it, we, we get the fullness of it. As we learn how to hear and interpret the voice of the Lord or the seer realm or the feeler realm, 
it can get really confusing. The body at large has decided that the safest thing to do is to shut down the prophetic altogether or reserve it for a few to avoid the messiness. And many in this room have words and dreams and visions in your journals, folders, phone, that you don't know what to do with. They seem so big. Well, they seem so foreign. And we haven't learned how to weigh and test them or interpret them. And as year and year goes past, and the, the prophetic words are not coming to pass over our lives, that's when we have hope deferred. We get sick hearts. And then out of sick hearts we speak and we frame up our world. So it's time to go back to the words, to the journals, to those things that you held dear once and look at them again with new eyes. Jesus' eyes. There is so much confusion in the body that it's led to the outright dismissal of the prophetic or outright dismissal of the prophets. And we've shut down the now voice of the Lord. The problem is that without the now voice in the Lord, how do we even read the Logos? Because he inspires it, right? He breathes over it. You'll be reading something that you've read a hundred times before and you're like, oh, my life has changed. Because he breathes on something. He highlights something. You go, I've never seen that. And joy leaps and hope is stirred. But that comes from the breath of the Holy Spirit over that. And if we shut that down, how do we know the now voice of the Lord? How do we know what is, what is putting his highlighter over in this season? We can't and it can become very dry and very frustrating. The word of God. So how do we engage in a prophetic community safely? And the word of God, the Logos, has already given us the safety net within it. It's already shown us how to put a plumb line in our heart by transforming our mind, by reading the word, so that we can measure all things against truth, all things against the word, all things against the character and nature of who God is. See, to me, the prophetic is all about knowing the unknown, seeing the unseen, hearing the unheard. In other words, the prophetic is about seeing what he sees, which is very different from what we see. The prophetic is about hearing what he is saying now to this generation. It's about knowing what he knows the prophetic helps us to navigate. It is the language of heaven. It is the language of the supernatural realm. It is the, the language of the realms of heaven. The prophetic helps us to navigate that. We see him. The prophetic realm also helps us with the red flags that keep flying up over and over, and you go, okay, I'm, I, I'm hearing this. I'm feeling this. And he doesn't leave us there. He doesn't leave us in a theory. If we take it to him and we lean into the Lord, and we go, okay, what I'm hearing here and what I'm feeling here, it's not the same thing. I think Todd says, if I've got the mumps and I tell you I've got the measles, what are you actually going to get? The measles, just in case. You're not getting what I'm telling you I have. You're getting what I have. And so what we're sensing is we've got so many people talking at this level, politics, business, church, 
And yet what we're feeling on this level is something entirely different. And we get to go to him and we get to say, God, what is it? What is it that I'm sensing? Is it fear? Am I reacting from a place of, of fear? Am I translating or interpreting this myself? Is this you? And if it's you, what do I need to know now? What do I need to know about this so that I can navigate what you're clearly trying to show me is coming? Because he, the, the sons of Ishakar, right, didn't just know, they knew and did. And they're very different things. We can, we can know and not do. But to know and do is what he's called us to. So sometimes we know something and we don't know what to do about it. So stay longer. Ask further. Okay, this is not right. What do I do about it? What's this got to do with me? Why are you showing me? What's my part to play in this? Anyhow. The prophetic realm is the portion of every believer. We get to hear. In John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. There's an action. We hear him, we follow him, we put into action what it is that we're hearing from the voice of the Lord. And the aim is, the challenge is, to learn how to distinguish his voice from other voices, from our own voice, from our own heart. What is the voice of the Lord saying and how can I in confidence start to lean on the voice of the Lord? And I think it's the confidence issue. Either somebody's too confident and everything was the voice of the Lord. Or there's no confidence and you both paralyze you. We actually need to learn how to distinguish, tune in, pinpoint accuracy to the voice of the Lord. And you do that by listening and following and listening and following and listening and following and then inspecting fruit. Listen, follow, inspect the fruit. If the fruit is bad, question. Don't just keep going. Question, okay, I believe I heard the voice of the Lord. I put it into action and bad fruit's being produced. Why? Did I miss it? Was it not the voice of the Lord? Did I not stay long enough to get the actual action plan? I just listened and I ran right ahead with how I thought that that should outwork and now it's got bad fruit, but now I'm confused about the voice of the Lord. Stay long enough for the action, the how-to. Go back and ask again, God, I'm confused. I thought I heard you. This is what your voice sounds like. This is your character and nature. What happened? He's faithful. You ran ahead. Oh. You tried to march around the next city seven times and I didn't ask you to do that ever again after Jericho. I thought last season's methods would work in the new season. Worked last time. So go back, ask again, he's faithful. Right, he's, he's not out there to humiliate you. That, that's, that's not what his design is. His design is stay close to me, lean into me, listen for the entire word and counsel of the Lord and then walk that out. Learn to distinguish the voice of the Lord by knowing the word of God. He sounds like his word. He sounds like the Logos. Spend time listening for him. Write what you believe he's saying. Check it with trusted people. Ask for confirmation until you tune in. Now I'm getting good fruit. Okay, now I can lean in confidence on the voice of the Lord, developed, developing. This also helps to protect yourself and weigh words that you receive against what you know is the voice of the Lord. 
So we hear him. We see him. John 5 Verse 19, and Jesus answered to them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. And if Jesus is our prototype, and Jesus need to look to see what the Father was doing, how much more us? Look and see what he's doing There are many, many good things to do in life. What is he saying for you to do? There are many right things. But what's he saying for you to put your hand to? What is he asking you to engage? It's specific. The voice has, the voice, the Lord has a very specific design for you, for your life, your purpose. Lean into that. We know him. So we hear him, we see him, we know him. John 8, 32. Then you will know the truth. And we know truth is a person. Truth is the person of Jesus Christ. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that word know means to know absolutely, to feel, to perceive to be resolved and to understand. So there's a place where we know the truth superficially. So we go, okay, I know Jesus. Do you? (laughs) But we all know him to a degree, but we need to press into him to know him. To know him means to be resolved, like it's settled. No circumstance can change that settled mindset, right? I'm, I'm settled. And when I am settled in the truth, I'm free. It's not having uh, head knowledge. I know Jesus. I know about Jesus. I've read the Bible, you know, a million times, front to cover. I know him. I know about him. It's I'm settled. No circumstance can change my mind on what I am settled on. Then you're free. That's freedom of knowing the truth. So in my opinion, the primary reason for the prophetic is to get on the same page as Jesus. What's he saying? What's he doing? What does he want? What's the plumb line? What's the now? The purpose of the prophetic is to get onto the page that he's on. Are you for us, Lord? No, but I have come. We hear Todd say that a lot. (laughs) But that's like, get on his page. He's not jumping onto your page to make your circumstances truth. You get on his page and you are in truth, then you're free. That's the purpose of the, the prophetic, to get onto his page. So as prophetic people, the body of Christ, we need to weigh and test the words. All right, so when you receive a word, it may seem obvious now in the context of this <laughs> that you need to weigh it, but most don't. Most receive a word and either um, discard it completely or embrace it completely, having given it no other weighing or testing or consideration. It's usually one or the other. It is the responsibility of the receiver to weigh and test what they receive. We are responsible for ourselves. If someone's given you a bad word or given you a word from a bad place, they need to deal with the Lord about that. But you don't get to take that into the court as evidence against why you didn't weigh and test for yourself. That's not evidence for you. That's between them and the Lord. So, knowing that now, every word that you receive, weigh and test it. We have that responsibility. Many abdicate that role to their oversight or the reputation of the prophet That guy's got a good reputation. I saw them call out, you know, somebody's phone number. That means everything they say must be 100% true and accurate and I'm going to stake my life on it. 
I'm moving to the Antarctic. <laughs> but this is what we do. Right? I'm, gonna, I'm just like, it's their responsibility because I saw them get it right once. And we completely abdicate. Who knows that it was in the weighing and testing that the Lord had more for us. The Lord had something else to give us because it's part of the word that we receive that we're responsible to weigh and test it. So you don't even get the completeness of the word until you apply your responsibility part to it to weigh and test. We know in part, we see in part. Okay, in case you're not convinced yet, let's just look at a couple of scriptures. 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5, 20 to 21, do not despise prophecy, test all things, which means prove it, not, not the person giving it to you, you. Discern, examine it. And then it says, hold fast what is good. Implies to me that there's some stuff that's not good. Let it go. And don't become bitter over that part and then not be able to receive the good part. 1 Corinthians 14 29, let two or three prophets speak, let the others judge. Judge means to discern or weigh. Now, that's kind of confronting. Are you ready and willing to have your words judged? I don't mean publicly like, you know, come and stand up here and we're going to judge your word. But if we're going to prophesy in safety within a community, we have to be willing for that word to go on the altar and be judged, weighed and tested against the plumb line of truth. We have to be willing to do that. It's scriptural. Let two or three prophesy. That means in a room of this size, not everybody is to prophesy all at once. A couple prophesy and then wait. It, it gets measured against plumb line, against measured against the word of the Lord, the character and nature of God. Would he actually say something like that? Would he actually do something like that? Does scripture bear it out? That this, this is what happens, is to happen within a mature company. And then you have to be open to someone coming up to you of authority that you trust, not everybody, and go, I reckon you missed that. Are you okay with that? Why would we be okay with that? Because it, it teaches us to tune accurately into the voice of the Lord. It teaches us to remain humble. And it teaches us we're not God. <laughs> and we might get it wrong. And that's okay. Because we're in a safe community where the words are judged, they're weighed and tested. And you know that if you deliver something from a place, a good place of being in the Lord, that others will weigh and test it and they'll be able to take hold fast what is good. So that's why, this is why Todd's asked me to bring this message because within a mature company, we together make it a safe place to release the word of the Lord and to receive the word of the Lord. Okay, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which we know is by the word, that you may prove, so you may test or discern that which is good and that which is the acceptable and perfect will of the Lord. So as we are transformed, which means our in internal world starts to look different, our structures, bad structures come down, our good structures, the plumb line of the word of the Lord is built in our lives. When we have that plumb line secure within us, then you may prove what is good. Because, right, it hits the plumb line. It comes in, 
Within you, you've been transformed. You have this structure that is the word of God, the plumb line of the Lord. Something comes in and it hits that and it's measured against it straight away. And when it's measured against that, you can prove, test or discern what's good and acceptable and the perfect will of the Lord. Because within you is built something that has been created through the renewing of your mind, the transformation of your inner word by the word of God. So that's the first thing. So in weighing, align with the word of God, number one. Align with the word of God. This is how we weigh. Does this line up with scripture? Does it line up with the the plumb line? Have you got enough word of God in you to even measure it against? If not, get some in you. (laughs) Ask the Lord, what do I need to know now? What, give me a book I need to know now that will start to build within me a plumb line of truth. Start reading. And then you've got the word of the Lord in you. So that's where it flows out of that Roman scripture. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds and then we have something within us that can help us prove what is his will, what is, what is his voice. If prophecy violates the word, it's not from God. If it doesn't line up with scripture or if it's like the opposite, <laughs> it is not God. I'm not going to harp on about that. There are so many um, examples I can give. I'm not going to. Um, (laughs) So many times. Like, okay, no. No, that was easy. That one's easy. That's not a prophetic word from the Lord. It's not scripture. Um, Don't practice, here's another one, don't practice Christian witchcraft. Mind blowing. (laughs) But don't. Uh, What is is Christian witchcraft? Praying over somebody against their own will, that their will can't will itself. You can't have your own will, right? And so when you, or or you you almost pray curses upon people with the, you know, um, this religious mindset of um, that that will bring them to the Lord. Oh God, I pray that they get really, really sick and that, you know, but that, that will bring them to their knees. No, do you, and you go, oh, but do you know how many people pray prayers like that? That's witchcraft. Don't pray, don't pray witchcraft. Rebellion is witchcraft. Anyway, I'm gonna move on from witchcraft. But don't pray things that violate people's will. See, the Jesus and the apostles prayed like this, that they would know or that they would encounter, that they would have an experience with the love of God, that they would have an experience with the peace of God, that they would encounter the Lord. That's what they prayed. They did not pray against somebody's will, but they prayed an opportunity for that person to encounter truth. That's how we pray for people. That's how we hedge people in that they would be surrounded by the love of God, that they would be, that the the, the angel of the Lord would be encamped around them, that they would encounter him. That's how we bring people in. That's how we pray over people, but, but not against somebody's will. God gave us our will. Character of the prophets. I touched on this before. Okay, so when weighing a word, my opinion is that the character of the prophet is relevant, but it's not necessarily conclusive. And by that, I mean, if somebody is of good character, that doesn't mean you shouldn't weigh and test. If somebody is of bad character, it doesn't necessarily mean you throw it in the bin. God spoke through a donkey. And sometimes he continues to speak through donkeys. (laughs) And we would rather he didn't. (laughs) But sometimes what that reveals 
is something in our heart that needs to be shifted. And so, but if somebody is, this is the word of caution I give around that. If somebody is of bad character, I weigh and test that brutally. In so much as I would almost just sit it there and I'd go, God, I really need a confirmation on that. I, I can't take that into my, into my heart without something more from you. So I need some confirmation of that. I need some further word. I need a discernment on, on what part of this is good and pure. So if somebody is of bad character, I weigh that much more brutally than I would somebody of significant good character with runs on the board. I'd go, okay. My first approach to somebody of good character would be, okay, God, you're speaking to me. Now can you unpack it for me? Whereas if somebody's of bad character, I'd go, God, are you speaking to me? <laughs> My posture slightly different with, with, with both of them. And I sort of need to be hit over the head maybe with a, I don't know, rubber mallet, if, if somebody's of, of bad character. Bad character doesn't necessarily mean evil. If somebody carries evil, then I just bin it. That was me binning it. <laughs> but if somebody's not, not of little reputation or a bit of a maverick or you know, all sorts of things on the scale, then I just assess it differently. What I'm trying to say is you have permission to weigh and test and assess according to your discernment, your maturity in the Lord, what the Lord said to you, the, the word of God that is in you. You don't give it to any other man to determine what it is or how it is you're going to walk out your life with the Lord. They are wonderful tools. The prophetic is incredible. We love the voice of the Lord. But it is not at all for you to abdicate your role and responsibility for relationship with the Lord. Fundamentally, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so <clears throat> timings. <laughs> Looking at the timings. Um, I think that when I receive a prophetic word, it is I separate out from the word that I've received, the word, and any time frame that is put on the word. And I do that because I believe that if we're going to get something wrong in a prophetic word that we deliver or receive, it is often any time frame put on it. And the reason is this. Time on earth and time on heaven are different. So even if the Lord's original design and perfect plan is that this comes to pass in three weeks' time, because of the condition of our heart and because of the condition of our willingness to surrender, be obedient and do everything it takes in order to fill the, fulfill the word, those timings blow out. What happens if, is if you've given the timing the same weight as the rest of the word, you get a sick heart. Hope deferred, it didn't come to pass. That means it's not the word of the Lord. So I separate timings from the word and I look at the time in the, um, the filter of what it is to engage something in heavenly times, um, which is obedience, stewarding. And so I, I put that separately and I weigh and test those differently. So I would be, I, 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 the only thing I want to say about timing is, is be cautious about becoming discouraged because something hasn't come to pass in a timing that's been framed with Earth's time. Um, and it doesn't mean that that was wrong, but the interpretation can be... Um, not in line with heaven's season. And if we were an intern class, I would pause and ask who's got questions and that's why it goes for five weeks. 
Um, but I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep going from there. <laughs> because the next thing that I wanna speak about is sifting. So when I receive a prophetic word, and now let's go quickly to Proverbs 11, 14. Where there is no guidance or counsel, the people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. This does not mean, in my opinion, going to everybody until you get the interpretation you want. Um, but it means having trusted people around you who carry the wisdom and the counsel of the Lord to help you to understand a word and properly divide it. When I receive a word, I sift it because I put different weights on different parts of a word. By that, I mean when somebody gives me a prophetic word, the Lord has said, okay, and if my discernment comes into agreement with the Lord has said, I weigh that like the Lord has said. But very rarely does a prophetic word stay there, the Lord has said and the one sentence. What comes after is an interpretation um, from the prophet um, who carries wisdom, who carries counsel, you know, who carries the word of the Lord. I don't throw that out, but I weigh that differently. The Lord said, heavy weight, and this is what I believe the Lord's saying, lighter weight, so that that interpretation doesn't become the only interpretation or the only way that the Lord is speaking to me about what he said. Because in different seasons, that word, when it says the word of the Lord, see the word of the Lord stays, remains, is unchanging, is secure. I can come back to that same word of the Lord in any season of my life and it will carry an answer for me that may be different from the interpretation of the season that it was given. Because the word of the Lord is secure. It's a rock, you can come back to it, it's sure, it's steadfast, it's immovable. Whereas the interpretation might be a seasonal interpretation for my life and I'll receive it differently into my spirit. So I sift an entire word like that. So I've got the word of the Lord in my journals, that's bold, underlined, highlighted. I, and I revisit that into my new journal, at the, begin, the front of my new journal every year. Then under it, the interpretation, the word of the prophet. Then under that, um, what God's speaking to me about that. And then whatever timings um, that came with that word. I separate them out, different colours, because I'm a girl. I don't know if that's a girl thing, but I like my colours, my highlighters, little pictures. Just I separate them out so it's, it becomes clear to my eye. My eye always goes to the bold. My eye always goes to the highlight. This is what God said to me so I sift them out like that and testing is not just right or wrong but it is rightly dividing a word and it is assessing the fruit of the word and weighing see doesn't mean like I said doesn't mean it's right or wrong but sometimes something is weighty and sometimes something is light if I need a word um, to pick me up because I'm feeling I'm discouraged about a situation or a circumstance, that word of encouragement, um, that word of uplifting doesn't necessarily have to carry a significant amount of weight. The Lord loves you, um, here's, here's a scripture for you, here's an encouragement, doesn't have to, but if I, I'm going to change my life's direction, then I need the type of word that will smash through walls, right? It needs to carry the breaker anointing. It needs to carry weight that will actually cause me to smash through a wall. So it's a different weight. One is not righter than the other, but the weight required in order to fulfill the function is different. And so you, you need to know that, that if somebody has given you a directional word, please, please 
be very cautious about giving directional words. But I'm talking to us receiving them, right? If somebody has given me a directional word, I have got to assess that that carries the weight necessary to actually steer the ship. Because if it doesn't, then I, need, I either need more, I need more from the Lord, I need another word, I need something stronger, something weightier, or I need to bin it. Or I need to, I don't like shelves, but sometimes there's a place for go. okay, let's, let's see. But essentially what you're saying is I need more, <laughs> right? It's not weighty enough. This, this word has not got the weight necessary in order for it to steer my ship into a different direction. So the weight that we, the word carries needs to be assessed. Okay, I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to quickly, yeah, I'm halfway through. All right. <laughs> um, all right, I will. I'll do, what I'll do then is I'll, I'll land on this, weaponizing a word. When you've assessed that the word is a word from the Lord, so you've weighed and tested it, this is from the Lord, then what I do is that is if that word did not carry the weight that it needed in order to fulfill its function, I weaponize it. How do I weaponize a word? I add to it the logos. I add to it my meditation. I add to it honor. By stewarding what I have in order to start to weaponize the word of God so that it actually can charge through the wall. Because we need it to be, otherwise you just keep hitting your head up against the wall, right? So instead of going, I'm gonna hit my head up against the wall until maybe I eventually like get a little hole in the wall, although I'm battered and I'm, you know, that's called toil. So, my description of hitting your head up against the wall, you're all going, oh, I wouldn't do that. But we all toil. And there is a better way than to toil. And that is to get the word of God, once you've determined this is the word of God, and look at it. And look at it and hold it in your heart like Mary. And look at it and hold it in your heart like Mary. You add to it the word of God. Oh, this, I can stand on this. This part weaponizes that. It gives me more understanding. It opens up my understanding more to what the, and you start adding and you start adding. Then you bring it up and you look at it and it grows. And it starts to get weighty. And a point comes where that word becomes weaponized, weighty enough to go through the wall without the toil. We strive to enter the rest. It's the striving to enter the rest. It's the weaponizing the word of God instead of the toil. 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. And the good warfare is always the war of faith. When we are looking at it, what we're doing is, I'm waiting till I believe it. I'm gonna look at it again. I'm gonna add more of the word of God. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm gonna pull it into my spirit. I'm gonna ask the Lord to breathe upon it. I'm gonna ask the Lord to give me confirming words until I believe. And when I believe, I can ask the mountain to be moved and cast into the sea. I no longer doubt in my heart. And I see it moved. That is weaponizing your prophetic words. 
I'm going to leave it there. So let's pray. (laughs) Holy Spirit, we thank you for the spirit of understanding. We thank you for these words, Lord, that we're bringing to you. And Lord, would you start to move upon them? Give us understanding and discernment about the weight about what we need to bring back before you, what we need to assess against the word of God, the plumb line of truth, and what we need to start to weaponize so that, Lord, it starts to carry the desired weight in our lives so it can fulfill its purpose. Holy Spirit, we love your voice. We never want to quieten your voice. We never want to squash it down. Lord, we desire to tune in, to hear what it is that you're saying, to see what it is that you're doing so that we can do it. Holy Spirit, We love your voice. And we choose to do what we need to do (laughs) in order for it to become clearer to us. In order for us to honour it. Holy Spirit, would you show us what we need to know now? Oh, and he showed me communion. Let's grab our communion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you for your body that made a way for us to be in relationship with you, be on the same page. And thank you, Jesus. for returning to the Father and sending us the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our friend. Our teacher. (laughs) We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Speak, Holy Spirit. Speak, Holy See how gentle the Holy Spirit is. Just I can just feel him washing over your words. Almost cleansing them from any disappointment, any defilement.
removing any condemnation. It's just breathing hope. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We just thank you. Just breathe hope. Just breathe hope again, Holy Spirit. I think 12, 12 is a good time to release everyone. So I just bless you. Amen.